This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis and my co-host is my awesome service dog, Whistle. And Whistle and I are thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. But I have to say that today is a little bittersweet because although it is a day of celebration, it's also Whistle's last day to co-host the show with me. But we won't shed any tears, I promise, so no Kleenexes are needed. We want to celebrate Whistle's life as the incredible service dog and co-host of Working Like Dogs that he is. So come right back after these quick messages as we are going to welcome Whistle's dad, Franz Freibert, to the show to help us in honoring and reminiscing about Whistle and his remarkable working life. So come right back after these quick messages. Sit, stay, we'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Welcome one of Whistle's most favorite people to the show, and that is his dad and my husband, Franz Freibert. Hey, Franz, and welcome. Hey, Marcy. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you could be with us today. And I mean, it seems like only yesterday that we were counting down the days until Whistle arrived with us. And now here we are with him retiring. But I just am so glad you could be with us to talk about some of of the specifics about Whistle. And I think let's start by when we went to get him at the airport. Whistle is an incredible Paws with a Cause dog. And Paws with a Cause is an agency, as so many of our listeners know, in Michigan. And when they trained Whistle for me, they actually flew him with one of their trainers to the Albuquerque airport. And Franz and I went down, and it was like we were waiting for a new baby, right, Franz? Yes, it was. Only this baby had four legs, and as he was walking toward us, I'll never forget, he came straight to us. It was like he knew that we were going to be his family, and he climbed on my footplates of my wheelchair, and he licked my right ear. So I think it's fair to say that he had me at hello. Yes, he, uh, me too, and, <laughs> and lucky for us, we had had a little prompting from the staff and the trainers at uh, Pause with the Cause, and uh, yeah, he's just been such an excellent dog. Yeah, well, and that's a great point, Franz, because one of the things that Pause with the Cause did, which was so awesome, is they sent us a video of Whistle, 
And it was whistle and all of the commands, performing all of the commands that his trainer Gus had trained him to do. So Franz and I got to watch that over and over and over again before whistle arrived. So it was really amazing to see all of the things that he could do. And one of the things that we noticed, we saw something weird, didn't we, Franz, in that video that you and I had never seen before. Tell us about what you saw, Franz. So I think it's a somewhat of a stress relief for Whistle. I noticed his trainer doing something, some hand gesture, and all of a sudden Whistle sat back and uh, was extremely happy, like in a begging pose, and I had never seen that before. And apparently I had to look a few times at the video to realize what was happening is his trainer Gus was actually holding his thumb out and rotating his hand. And every time he did that, Whistle just knew what to do and he popped back into a begging pose. And it was uh, it was quite an amazing thing because it certainly seemed for Whistle to relieve a lot of stress, especially when we realize, you know, he could be kind of overwhelmed by situations. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. Well, not only did it relieve stress, but it also was so adorable that all you want to do is give him a treat when he does that. <laughs> and so Whistle would milk that and he would totally, whenever... He wanted something and he wanted especially something to eat. He would offer this behavior because he knew it was a crowd pleaser and he would get his way. So Whistle is actually looking at me right now going, it's not true. I never did that. It's so not true. But yes, (laughs) we're telling off on you today, Whistle, all of your little secrets that we're sharing. But that was so adorable. That was one of the first things that we saw that really endeared Whistle to us is seeing and seeing what he really could do because I have to say out of all of my dogs, Whistle has really been like an Olympic athlete. He has been so healthy. He's had no health issues whatsoever up until recently. And he just could go and go and go. He got, never got tired. He loved to run and play and work. And it was just incredible the level of energy that he's had and that he still continues to have today. Right, Franz? Yeah, he's extremely athletic. Yes, amazing. Yeah, yeah. well, and he's pressuring you every day to take him out to get the newspaper. That's right. Never a dull moment. <laughs> well, and that's one of the things that Whistle does, and we do as a family, as we go out to the end of the driveway, and Whistle retrieves. We have two newspapers that come every day, and Whistle retrieves those and brings those to me every morning. So, And some mornings in Santa Fe, when it's a little too cold, Franz takes him out without me, but Whistle has got to retrieve the paper every day. And even the big old Sunday papers on Sunday, he can get those really well, so... And he knows the papers are waiting out there every morning for them. And also the fact he just loves the possibilities of what we call reading the local news, where he's checking the smells and scents of other animals that had been around during the night or earlier in the morning. Yes, he does. He does. Well, and we would be remiss if we didn't mention a couple of the people who've had such a big impact on Whistle. And we mentioned Gus already from Paws with a Cause. And we also need to mention Whistle's puppy raiser. And her name is Cindy Charnley. And Cindy is just a wonderful woman who also lives in Michigan. 
And although I've never met her face-to-face, which she's the first puppy raiser that I've never met face-to-face, Cindy has been my pen pal throughout the years. And she has been so wonderful at sending Whistle birthday cards. She never forgets his birthday or Christmas. And she sends me these wonderful letters. And she also gave me a beautiful baby book of Whistle. So I got to see him because, you know, when you get an assistance dog, it's usually when they're two years old. And so I miss all the beautiful puppy phases of their life. But Cindy presented me with this beautiful baby book of Whistle. So I got to see him as a puppy and see some of his adventures before he became a full-time working assistance dog. And also found out that Whistle had been part of a prison training program. Franz and I joke and say Whistle has a past, but he was actually in a prison for six months where he was trained. So it was really great for him that he had that experience and he got to be in the prison, I was told, from Monday to Friday. And then on the weekend, he would go home with the family. So it was a really great socializing experience for Whistle, which was awesome. Yeah. So another person, Franz, we should thank is Mert Byrne, right? Yes. Yeah. He's been phenomenal as a vet for uh, Whistle. That's right. Yeah, and our listeners may know Mert because he's been on the show before, but Mert was just so awesome at taking really good care of Whistle. And and also one of the things that I loved about Mert, too, is Mert honored the working dog relationship with Whistle. And he was really respectful about not giving Whistle treats unless he had permission to do that, which is hard for Mert because he loves to give treats to dogs. But he was so great at, at really monitoring Whistle and, and making sure that he was healthy. And Whistle's been so healthy. It wasn't until about a little over almost two years now that we started noticing that Whistle was having a thyroid issue, right? Franz, do you want to talk about that and, and how that impacted? Whistle? Well, sure. Uh, yeah, when we were puzzled because we we noticed that he wanted to seek a little bit more quiet places in the house, and whenever we, you know, normally when we get prepared to leave, whether it be in the car or walk around, you know, Whistle would would be fairly energetic and receptive to the idea of leaving the house. But then he started withdrawing just a little bit. And we really were puzzled by that. Um, That struck us odd. Yeah, I know. He would look at me like, do we really have to go? Or, you know, and he just became hesitant. He just wasn't, you know, running to get in my van, which is what he used to do. And so we knew that there was something going on. And it was really interesting because we found out from Mert that actually having a thyroid issue can impact and give you more anxiety. So what we realized is that Whistle was really worried and it was too stressful for him to be out in public. And he was such a hard worker and wanted to do his job so perfectly that it became too stressful for him. Also, the fact that when we had meetings or when we had a period of time where he would normally just uh, lay down and rest and keep an eye on things, but rest and the like, he became extremely agitated and just could not, I don't know, relax as he normally did. That was another thing that triggered us to thinking there might be something uh, it was. with him. That's a great point, Franz. I had really forgotten about that, about how anxious he really was. And he yeah. was 
I thought he had to go to the bathroom, but it wasn't that at all. It was just that he was really nervous. And, and again, thank goodness we had Mert monitoring him so that we could do blood work and find out exactly. And he is on medication now, which has really helped tremendously. But we still have to do blood work every so many months because sometimes we have to increase the medicine or decrease it based on how his blood levels are. So, yeah, it's really, again, monitoring these assistance dogs, even in retirement because you know you really have to make sure that you're watching all of those things so Franz I have to ask you tell our listeners one of your favorite stories of Whistle well one of, one of my favorite stories of Whistle is I, I don't know how long we you had had it maybe a year or two and one of the things we love to do is in the spring and fall is to take a, a classic old train ride, a steam, steam-driven steam engine uh, train ride that goes from Chama, New Mexico to San Antonito, Colorado. And so it's a beautiful ride and lots of people participate in it, lots of family. It's a family event for many, many people. Well, we were taking one of those trips up. It's a day trip. And as we were taking the trip later on in the afternoon, uh, people would come by and walk past. A young mother walked by with her three-year-old toddler and it was quite amazing how uh, Whistle was so receptive to that toddler and I think if I remember it's probably the first time that we ever encountered with Whistle a toddler and he was just so receptive of that uh, that meeting of so receptive of that toddler it was just phenomenal his response and uh, like I said it, it, it lasted for quite a few minutes we took photos and uh, not only that but her, the mother was quite you know, uh, taken by how well Whistle received the, her child. And uh, yeah, it was just an amazing, uh, amazing. It event. was, it was, it was so amazing. It was as if the toddler and Whistle were communicating on a level that none of the adults could really understand. And there is an incredible photo that Franz got in Franz. Maybe you can share that photo and we can yeah. share it with our listeners, but it's so beautiful. The tenderness between Whistle and between this little one that was just really magical. It really was. Well, that's a great place to take a break after that story. Woo, almost had tears coming from that. But yeah, we're going to take a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors. And we're going to come back and I'm going to share one of my favorite stories about Whistle. And we'll keep talking and celebrating Whistle as his last show today. So come right back after these quick messages. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. designerpetsweaters.com
Are you confused by the overwhelming number of supplements for your dog? Developed by a veterinarian, Dr. Baker's all-natural canine system saver is designed to address many of the common problems your dog faces today, including allergies, inflammatory diseases, arthritis, hip dysplasia, geriatric problems, and more. Restore and maintain your dog's health with Dr. Baker's all-natural canine system saver. Order two bottles today and receive 20% off plus free shipping. Visit Canine System SystemSaver.com. To get this special offer, enter coupon. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And today we're visiting with Franz Freibert, who is Whistle's dad. And we're celebrating Whistle and his time as a working dog and as co-host of Working Like Dogs. And before the break, Franz was sharing one of his favorite stories of Whistle. So I wanted to share one of my favorite stories. And I know Franz will remember this. We took a trip at Christmas a few years ago to Mexico. And we went to a small hotel called Freedom Shores, and it was in Isla Aguada, Mexico, which is a small fishing village close to Campeche, Mexico. And we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into, but we had been told this was an accessible place, and we'd really been wanting to go to Mexico, so it sounded good, it was affordable, so we did it. And it was an extremely small village that we were really close to. And one afternoon, we decided to leave the hotel property and walk through the neighborhood. And I don't know if you've ever been to Mexico, but the dogs in this small village, they're very different from the dogs that we're accustomed to. It's very, very different. These dogs live on the street, and they would come to the hotel and look for food. They're very thin. They're not getting a lot of attention and a lot of good food. And when Franz and I were going down the street in this neighborhood, lots of these dogs started coming out. And they were in all all the different yards and the houses, and they were looking at Whistle as if he was a royal prince. I mean, I think that's as close to royalty, Franz, as you and I are ever going to (laughs) get. I mean, they just, they didn't bark at him. They didn't show any signs of aggression. I was afraid they were going to be aggressive toward him, but they just looked at him with awe. I guess they'd never seen a dog with a backpack on and a dog that is as healthy and as Olympic athlete as Whistle is. And Whistle just seemed to take this adoration in stride. He didn't get nervous. He didn't act, you know, any anxiety at all. But it was such an incredible experience to watch all of these dogs interact with each other and how Whistle just, you know, he just took it in such stride. It was really amazing. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that, Franz. Well, but wow. I, I was just, I was just going to say quickly that, yeah, you know, and I, I think also the fact that you were in your electric wheelchair and my guess is they had just never seen anything like that before <laughs> that it just, it just did. It caught, 
I don't know how many dogs we encountered, 20 or something. And I mean, or more. So I mean, yeah. I felt like I was in a parade and that we were walking <laughs> down the middle of the street and all of these dogs were coming out. I mean, really, yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. But I was impressed at Whistle's response that he didn't get rattled. And he also didn't act superior to them. He was very, yeah, I, I thought he was very respectful and awesome as always, which I have to share with our listeners that Whistle has also been really great with the new dog that I now have. And it is pretty funny because, you know, when you retire a dog, it's hard for them to really understand because Whistle still wants to work when we're at home. And so he actually, whenever my new dog is working with me and I drop something, for example, Whistle is right there as well. And so it's pretty funny because sometimes I actually have to drop the thing again because when my new dog picks it up and hands it to me, Whistle wants to do it as well. So it's pretty funny. And if he doesn't get to do it, then his feelings get hurt. So I have to really make sure that Whistle is still feeling that he's working and he's valued. And also, you know, as people have assistance dogs and because we know a lot of people can't keep their dog. And I'm very fortunate that I have Franz that lives with me. So Franz now takes more time with Whistle than he did before and has a closer relationship even than he did before so that I am establishing a new relationship with a new dog. But Whistle is still the top dog in our house. So that means he gets to eat first. I put his food down first. He gets treats first. He gets to go outside first. You know, he gets all of those things so that he still feels his value and his importance in the house. And the new dog, it's so awesome. She totally respects that and supports that. So, you know, there's so many things you have to think about in retirement. And Franz, that's one of the questions I want to ask you because you've observed this now three times with me. And I'd love to hear your thoughts and and observations about what you would recommend to our listeners about surviving retirement and, and going through retirement, not only for people who are partnered with a dog, but also for their family and loved ones that are experiencing that also. Certainly. Yeah. So I would say most importantly, uh, you know, I encouraged you as as much as I could that you just have to value of having a service dog is just unbelievable. And so you can't and I'd, I'd hate the thought of you not having that partnership on a daily basis. And so certainly for the family members of those people who have retiring service dogs, encouragement to continue on with this sort of relationship, building onto a new relationship. Also, the importance for the the partner of the service dog is the knowledge and remembering that this will not be the same relationship. It's not the same animal. It'll be a different relationship. You'll learn their strengths and weaknesses. And important to that as part of the training process is getting to understand that, giving yourself time, giving the service dog time to adapt. And there are struggles. I mean, like any new relationship, there are ups and downs and you have to just kind of, you know, I don't want to say power through those, but certainly give yourself time to adapt and learn that. Because at the end, you know, there's just this valuable relationship that you develop, you know, being with this animal 24-7. And it's just such a valuable thing 
And I certainly, all the way along, encouraged uh, Marcy as much as possible to um, to continue that, to seek that, and to uh, to build on that on that new relationship that she has an opportunity to enjoy yeah. throughout life. Well, those are such great points. And it's so hard because, you know, Whistle and I have been together so long that I almost don't even have to give him commands anymore. I can pretty much grunt and he knows what I need or what I want. And you build that up over time. And when you start over with a brand new dog that's young, you know, that this is their first working, you know, partnership. It is. It's so frustrating and it's so hard because and it's not fair to the new dog to think that they're going to know exactly what you need right away. You have to build that trust and build that relationship with them. But letting go of the perfect relationship that you have with your dog right now, what feels like perfect and you're so in sync with each other. And then, you know, having to let go of that is really hard and really scary And it's a risk, you know, it is. And it's a risk and it's a commitment that you have to really focus on. And as Franz said, you have to power through it, which is easier said than done. As Franz knows, when I was in tears some days during training (laughs) and when I was, you know, seeing Whistle and and wanting Whistle to be with me and knowing that Whistle would want to be with me, it's really hard, but it is so worth it. And the other piece of information that I learned during Whistle's retirement that I really had not been so acutely aware of in the past was that I really needed to start looking at retirement when he was six or seven. And I waited until Whistle was about nine before I really started the process of getting a successor dog. But the agency that I'm with right now, they really told me that they encourage their recipients to look at retirement when their dog is seven. And I think that is so valuable that because it gives an agency time to find you the right dog, or it gives you time if you've self-trained your dog to start self-training a new dog. And it really does, you need a good window of time to make it as smooth as possible. Uh, You know, because one of the things I did with Whistle is I started working him on a part-time basis. So he would go out with me for meetings half time of the day. And that worked really well so that it wasn't cold turkey where all of a sudden he was home all the time. We gradually started doing that. So I think that that was great advice from them and guidance to really start looking at retiring your dog at the age of seven, which sounds so young to me when you don't get them until they're two years old. And I know some people, they wanted their dogs to work as long as possible, but you really have to look at, is that your, because of you, that you want, you don't want to lose your dog, or is it best for your dog? Because... It's hard on these guys when they're out with us in public. They're having to retrieve things in tight spaces. They're in cold areas sometimes. The floors may be cold. And, you know, as their bones and things are getting older, as I'm experiencing myself, that's really hard. So I really encourage our listeners to really be mindful and not so self, you know, concerned. When I know with a disability, that's really hard. But when you're, you really need to be focused best for your dog at the end of the day. Would you agree, Franz? I totally agree. Yeah, you've always got to consider the shape that they're in, their physical health and uh, and their well-being. And certainly, I think it's that sort of attentiveness to what's going on with the dog 
that helps you, you know, in an educated fashion, make the determination that retirement is to be considered. Yeah. Yeah. And even though it is really hard and it is, it's, you know, when you get your dog the first day, you never think about, you know, the retirement, but it is something that I really encourage people to think about from day one, because the day will come that your dog can no longer work and you need to think about where do they need to live? How are you going to care for them and what their retirement should, will you want it to look like? Because you want to honor them as much as they do for us, you know, it's the least we can do to make sure that they have a fabulous retirement. Well, it's come that time, which I can't believe it, but it's come time to say goodbye to our dearest little whistle as our co-host. And I'm sure he'll come back from time to time to check in with us, but he may be too busy playing with his toys, going for walks with Franz, and enjoying lots of yummy treats and couch time. But we want to thank you, our listeners, for the love that you've shown Whistle and to me. As I said, this is the day that most people who are partnered with a service dog dread the most. And believe me, I share that sentiment wholeheartedly. Whistle was an incredible service dog. He was a true friend to me, and he was my confidant. I could always tell Whistle anything, and I knew he was not going to share it with anybody. So he is leaving some really big paws for my next dog to fill. And I'm I'm just so sorry that we're out of time. And I want to thank Franz for joining us on this special day. And I also want to thank you, Franz, for everything that you've done to support Whistle and his career as my service dog. I mean, you have been the unsung hero in Whistle's life, and you are his forever playmate. So thank you. Thank you for having me and letting me talk about Whistle. But certainly, I think for me, it's just been an, an honor to have such a good uh, and just amazing dog. And I really appreciate those people who invest in these animals and make them so unselfishly providing, you know, the effort and the care to actually create these amazing capabilities, right, that you can utilize. And yeah, I truly value the investment they make. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pause with the cause. Fabulous organization. Gus, the trainer, incredible. Cindy Charnley, Mert, Danny Weinberg, Whistles Trainer in New Mexico. Just it takes so many people to make these dogs the success that they are. So thank you, Franz, for saying that because they all they all deserve big, big thank yous. And the donors that give money so that these programs can exist. I mean, they just touch so many lives and we just can't thank everyone enough. So thank you so, so much. And thank you to our listeners for sharing this special day with us. And we love hearing from you. So please keep your emails coming. And if you have any questions or comments or ideas for a future show, you can always email me at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E at PetLifeRadio.com. And you can also follow Working Like Dogs on Facebook and Twitter and our blog at WorkingLikeDogs.com. So I guarantee you whistle will still be around and thanks so much and take good care let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com